Hello, you're listening to Insight Says, a podcast about mental health and counseling. I'm your host, Kira. Today, we're learning about dialectic behavior therapy, also known as DBT, from Kristen Deneen. She's a licensed clinical social worker at Insight Counseling, LLC, in Richfield, Connecticut. Some background information about Kristen Deneen. She brings 30 years of experience in treating adolescent and adult clients experiencing anxiety, depression, substance abuse, and other difficulties. She's worked in a variety of settings, including hospitals, inpatient treatment for addiction, outpatient programs, and in school systems. Kristen received her master's in social work from Fordham University. She's trained in dialectic behavior therapy, which is a skill-oriented therapy model focused on emotions with a cognitive and behavioral component. Kristen facilitates a DBT group for teens focused on developing these skills to be in control of emotions, tolerate stress, and improve communication. Thanks so much for coming on the show and talking about DBT. It stands for Dialectical Behavior Therapy. Can you explain what this is? Sure, yeah. DBT is a model therapy that uses skills training to help people manage intense emotions and to teach more effective behaviors that works better. It's evidence-based, so there's been a lot of studies about the effectiveness of it. It's based in cognitive behavioral therapy and mindfulness. It incorporates acceptance skills and change skills at the same time. What's involved with DBT? How does it work? DBT looks for the client to have about a year commitment to therapy. People can be seen individually and learn DBT skills and apply it to their lives. But what's the most effective is for a person to have individual therapy and group therapy. And group therapy is a skills class where you're working together with you know other people struggling with similar issues and you are combining hearing from how others have learned the skills so that helps you understand them and and put them into your life more. It really can be learned at many different levels, but the deeper you take it and really holding yourself accountable to using the skills, the more effective. And I would imagine if people are in that group setting that they're hearing from other people's experiences that you can start pulling from that and you're learning from much more than just your own life. Right, yeah. Group is where the magic happens, really. We have different DBT groups, and it is so valuable for people to hear others process similar struggles, similar emotions and difficulties, and how they use the DBT skills to reduce their suffering, learn new ways, and it's to be celebrated. They will come back into group with their homework and be able to share like how they effectively manage something or they really felt heard or understood from someone or they stepped out of what doesn't work that gives them consequences into a new behavior that was awkward and difficult to put in place, but so many rewards. They just feel better. And in that group setting, you're able to really embrace each other and celebrate those achievements of using the skills to get through some of the obstacles that are happening. I want to take a step back to see and pick your brain a little bit on how DBT actually got started. What's the history behind this type of therapy? DBT was created by Marsha Lenahan in the late 80s. She was able to pull studies together from her treatment of borderline personality disorder and how DBT skills of the mindfulness and validation skills and helping a person change from their emotional struggle was quite effective. That's how it got started with treating the more difficult behaviors of, you know, suicidal behaviors, self-injury, 
and people that really got stuck in behaviors that didn't work for them and was interfering with their life at a very deep level. It started off with a treatment for the more severely affected to overall depression, anxiety, substance abuse. So it really has been quite effective and is one of the premier treatment models. And so it started with this disorder that is more severe, you're saying, the borderline personality disorder. And from there, it's expanded out to be able to help a lot of clients and people who are affected by a variety of different mental health conditions or things that they may be struggling with. I'm learning more about this and that there are four modules in DBT. Can you explain what they are? Sure, yeah. The four modules of DBT are mindfulness, distress tolerance, emotion regulation, and interpersonal effectiveness. And so let me say a little bit about each. So mindfulness includes being able to slow down, increase your awareness to your own emotions, your own uh, relationships with other people, what you experience in the environment, your own judgments and being able to remove those judgments. So kind of taking a step back, it sounds like, to not be so in the moment, but take a step back and see what's happening to yourself. Right, to increase that awareness and observe, 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 right? And to rethink things, to do things more effectively. DBT calls it do what works, right? So get like away that. do from, what works. Do what works, get away from what doesn't work. Distress tolerance crosses over into skills to be able to tolerate uncomfortable sensations, uncomfortable emotions, and increase being able to accept difficulties and situations and things that are out of our control. There's acronyms that go with different DBT skills. So there's called the wise mind accept skills. So that's a set of skills that help you step through managing emotional crises and being able to feel better and take care of yourself. There's improved skills, another acronym that relates to being able to relax and use skills to slow things down and be able to move yourself from painful or uncomfortable experiences to being able to bring relaxation to yourself. It also involves more intense skills like using ice, intense physical exercise, and different breathing techniques. So it's often the case that we refer to our tip skills, temperature, intense physical exercise, and progressive muscle relaxation to be able to bring an awareness to helping the body be less anxious, right? So being able to breathe more effectively with square breathing, with having your exhale be longer than your inhale. So different breathing techniques that go with that. And actually reaching into the ice and using... And you're talking about physical ice. ice. That's not an acronym that you're talking about ice. Using ice to be able to have a, a more intense sensation interrupt those painful experiences, and to be mindful to what you're experiencing with holding the ice, to pull away from emotional mind and into sensations that are going to get your attention more. There it would be the focus of of I'm feeling the ice so that you're not thinking about what's bothering you in the moment. Right. And then emotion regulation has to do with radical acceptance, decreasing suffering, right? So having people learn ways to reduce their own suffering, and increase how their awareness and how they're looking at something affects how they feel about it. 
So, and interpersonal effectiveness is where our communication skills come into play, that so many people need to learn to be assertive and be able to recognize that their emotions are valid and how to express those emotions. So there are so much for people to learn, and this is more of a learning therapy as opposed to other types that focus on other approaches where you're really learning so many skills. Yeah, it's so practical. That's what people really like about it because you can learn it pretty quickly. And before you know it, you're going through your day, radical acceptance, dented the car, that you're able to bring it into that moment in your life, have the skills show up in your head and be able to benefit from them, right? And how effective is DBT? DBT is very, very effective. There's a lot of data and studies that indicate that it lowers suicidal behavior, self-injury, reduced hospitalizations for people in terms of depression, and just overall in terms of learning new ways to reduce suffering. And DBT calls it create a life worth living and to be able to understand that this has worked for so many other people. It sounds like a lot of people have benefited from using DBT. Yes, DBT targets the most serious behaviors, life-threatening behaviors first. So if anyone is struggling with suicidal behavior, self-injury, then that is targeted first. And that's like the first stage of treatment and being able to make improvements to pull out of that high-risk behavior. And then as people learn skills, it becomes more of a quality of life issue, reducing depression, reducing anxiety, and all the different ways that they learn mindfulness exercises, relaxation techniques, and being able to come up with the DBT sayings and acronyms to help them move into skills, right, and look at the problem differently or change how they feel about it. Create goals for themselves and develop meaningful connections and enrich the quality of their life. And how widely is DBT used? It has become really, really a primary treatment uh, model. Not only is it like the standard now in mental health programs, hospital-based programs, you know, inpatient, outpatient programs, but also now widely taught in schools. So DBT experts come into school systems, train teachers and support staff to be able to teach DBT to children of all ages, elementary, middle school, high school. And you were trained in DBT. How'd you get involved with learning and practicing? Yeah, I was trained by an expert that was trained by Marsha Linehan. So that's often how professionals get trained in DBT. And what's so different about DBT than other therapy models that you learn, you know, as a counselor, as a therapist, is that you learn it for yourself. You are practicing the skills for your own emotions, your own behaviors, you're analyzing your own responses uh, and to do what is more effective. So it's a very, very interesting way that you get sold on it. As I became more aware and implementing the skills, I moved from just having the skills show up in my head to just thinking dialectically. And so what I mean by that is that I automatically went to filling in the blank, so to speak, on the on the one hand, there's this perspective or my perspective versus like another person's perspective, different emotional states. So really incorporating what is seemingly opposite, 
but is true. They're at the same time, the opposite. So embracing the dialectic, being able to reach to self-soothing skills, being able to look at things with a radical acceptance, processing, so many valuable skills. But it was so helpful to have my own homework and to be able to process that in the group that I was trained in, because that's what we're asking the clients to do. So it really was extremely beneficial to learn it that way. Yeah, I think that's awesome that you were able to actually do the skills yourself and use it on things that are happening in your life so that when you're going to teach it, you've actually done it. You're not just saying, you guys should use this, and you're telling them to do something that you haven't done. In this case, you really have used it in your own life, and so you're going to be able to speak and you have about these experiences to your clients to say, I've used it this way, try it this way, and you can speak to a personal experience. Right. And that's part of DBT is that the the treatment professional, the clinician, is constantly bringing up their own examples with how they used a skill. So you're pulling from your own life, your own day with situations that you're processing and really reinforcing what the particular skill is and how that was effective. And can you share just to give an idea of one of the exercises from your training? Sure, yeah, we had many different mindfulness practices and that's how each uh, skills group starts is you do a mindfulness practice. So we would do meditations, we would hold ice and you would experience the ice melting in your hand and the sensations that go with it and noticing the shifts, you know, usually starts out with like, wow, that's really cold, that's painful. And then you sit with it and then it starts to shift. And then you've you've become to tolerate it more and it's a different experience. So being able to have all of the different aspects that you're not only reporting on your homework, like what skill you used. So you might be processing a conversation with someone where you use your dear man skills, they're called, where you're actually walking through the particulars of being able to explain the situation, being able to say what it would mean to you if the person made a change that you're looking for, stay mindful and be able to negotiate, right? So many times people are learning these skills and it's really helpful to give specific examples. Well, there's so much more to learn. I think we've kind of just scratched the surface here, but people can learn more if they're in the Richfield, Connecticut area by coming to Insight and you have groups where you're processing this and you also do it in the individual sessions. So you guys can go to insightcounselingllc.com to find out more information about Kristen and Deneen and Insight Counseling in general. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us. It was enlightening to learn the ins and outs of DBT and to for us to be able to explore more as we go along. Yes, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Kira. And as I said, for more information about Kristen and Insight Counseling, head over to insightcounselingllc.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Insight Says and on Facebook at Insight Counseling CT. You can request an appointment to info at insightcounselingllc.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time to learn and discover more about mental health.